1: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am so excited that you're here with us today. Every single week, I invite a different girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. I want to thank today's sponsor, Hooray Mail. Hooray Mail is a subscription snail mail delivered twice per month for kids ages two to six. In each brightly colored envelope, you'll find a personalized card and a fun, simple activity page. Hooray Mail was designed by a mom who, as a child, she loved getting mail in our mailbox. Remember that? The joy and the fun. That hooray moment. Who doesn't love that? She wanted to provide her two little girls the same fun experience in our digital world, so she looked around to see if there was a subscription-based service that would automatically send them fun mail. She couldn't find what she was looking for, so she decided to do something about it. Now, moms, aunts, friends, grandmas, sisters, cousins, whatever, whoever you are, you can buy Hooray Mail because you want nothing more than for the kids that you want to send it to, to light up and smile at the end of the day and relish in the simple joy of checking the mail. It's a great birthday gift or something to get just because you want an excuse to connect with your kids even more. Maybe a great back to school gift. Guys, Hooray Mail has a coupon code for you to get 50% off your first month. Use the coupon code HAPPYMAIL at HoorayMail.com. Guys, today you're listening to episode number 104, and my guest is Melissa Ice. And although when I recorded this show, I had never met Melissa in person, I absolutely knew at the end of the show that I loved her. She is a woman who dreams big dreams, and she loves those around her so well. Plus, her hair is amazing, and she does amazing braids. Uh, you're going to love our conversation. Hey guys, before we get to the show, I just wanna ask a quick favor. If you've been listening for a while and you're enjoying the show, I just wanna say thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. One great way that you can do that is to go to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. It's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. It's gonna take you straight to the iTunes page. I'd love a five-star review if you're interested in handing them out. Um, but I also love a review of the show. Tell me what you love about it. It's not for me though. It's for people that are looking for new shows to listen to. Something that really helps podcasts get in front of new people is the ratings and the reviews that you guys leave. So I would love it if you'd help more people find the show. Um, And that would be a really fun thing for the happy hour because we want more women to be encouraged and inspired. Just like someone left a review recently, Audrey MBW7, she said, The happy hour makes my Wednesdays a little brighter. Jamie and her guests inspire, encourage, and entertain. She asks insightful questions and receives honest and sincere answers. I look forward to what is in store for the happy hour love that review thank you so much and that's exactly what I want the show to be I want it to inspire you I want it to encourage you and I do want to entertain you you give me an hour of your week and so I love that I get to be in front of you okay guys thank you for listening thank you thank you thank you here is my conversation with Melissa Ice hey Melissa
2: welcome to the happy hour Thank you so much for having me, Jamie.
1: I have been looking forward to chatting with you forever for a couple of reasons. Can I tell you? Okay. Yeah, please do. Number one, I follow you on Instagram. And so (laughs) I feel like when you follow someone on Instagram, you get like the best moments, you know? Right. And I just have so many questions and they're all very (laughs) superficial, mainly about like, how do you do your braids in your hair is mainly (laughs) my most (laughs) important question of the hour. Um, but also yes. my friend, Lauren Chandler and your friend, yeah, I think she's the one that actually told me about you.
2: I think, yeah, yeah, she did. I was, it's so funny. Cause I was listening to her episode and she started talking about things that she was loving and somehow my husband and I got brought up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, wait, she's talking about us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. Yes. So much I
2: love Lauren.
1: Oh, uh, well she loves you because actually I texted her this morning and I was like, Hey, what do you love about Melissa? I was just like curious, like, what, do you, what does she love? And this is what she said about you already. These are really kind words. Oh, she said, Melissa has always been the best evangelist. I know she loves truly, deeply and well, and her love always results in action. That's what makes her the best evangelist.
2: So that's what your friend Lauren said about you. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. That's really sweet. Well, Well, thank you for asking her because now I know. (laughs) Yes, now you
1: know that she loves you and adores you. But another reason I've been looking forward to talking to you is I think I've mentioned this before on here that I send a little quick like survey kind of questions to all the people before I interview them just to give me like, hey, tell me some things that you're doing. And some people fill them out uh, thoroughly, and some people don't. And yours Mm -hmm. was very thorough. And I came up with about 87,000 things that I want to talk to (laughs) you about today. And so we'll see how many of those we get to because you lead a very full life. And I love that. And I want to talk about all the things.
2: Okay, well, that's yeah, I, I think most people who know me well would describe me as thorough, so. <laughs>
1: okay, good. <laughs> you did that very well. Um, well, I first of all, I want you to just tell in your own words um, who you are. and what. No, don't say what you do, because we're going to get to all of those things that you do, because you have your hands on a lot of different things, and I want to talk about all of them. But just tell us who you are, like you're married, kids, blah, 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 that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, okay, so my husband and I live in Fort Worth, and we've been married eight and a half years. Um, and I am a new mom, um, my new favorite title <laughs> to add um, to a little girl named Rosie Pearl, or her name is Roosevelt, but we call her Rosie. And she's seven months old. And that is my world right now. It is um, I think the neatest thing that's ever happened to me. and I, I absolutely love it. And we actually live um, in a historic neighborhood, um, and I love that too. We live real close to downtown, and so, yeah, we just have a it's it's funny because our whole lives are in this really short three mile radius. Um, but at the same time, it's what we get to do. And so it's just really fun to have um, to add in a, a child to the mix because I feel like as you kind of alluded to, Jamie and I's lives are very full, but I always wanted to. Um, give the opportunity to my child so that they can partake in that. And so it just makes everything that we're doing that much more exciting because now I have this other child to share it with. And it's really fun. So much
1: fun. And I love um, her name, Rosie. Now, her full name, you said it, is
2: Roosevelt? Yes, it's Roosevelt. Uh Where where
1: did that come from?
2: Um, Okay. A lot of people ask us. I feel like if I'm with a stranger, I just... I don't want to say the word lie. I would just... (laughs) You know, the long it's a long story. And so, um whenever I'm with people, I'm like, "Oh, family passed down. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but, but the reality of it is kind of silly. Um, so it doesn't have like this holy biblical, um, aspect to it. It's just that Jamie and I are quote people. So I really love quotes. And, um, there's just a couple from Eleanor Roosevelt that she said, you know, about, she says something like, do something every day that makes you nervous. And then I don't know if you're familiar with, um, Theodore Roosevelt's, the man in the arena quote. Um, anyways. I'll have to send it to you, but it's so good and it's just about being wrung out and using your life um, to the fullest and so I just feel like that really defines us a lot and Jamie has a book and we've read Theodore Roosevelt's biography anyways, so it has some meaning for us for sure. I love that and I, I love the name because I
1: don't think I've ever met anyone with that name and I also love the name Rosie, so it shortens very well. I love it, love it, love it.
2: Yeah, um, so we figured that at the end of the day, if she's Grandma Rose, she could, we're like, well, we'll name her something crazy and we like it because and she'll just have to live with it. But she has a lot of alternative nicknames that she can adhere to if she, for some reason, decides she doesn't love her name anymore.
1: So true. And so many people go through those stages in like middle school where they just change their name and hate the name that their parents gave them. So you never know. I think yeah, a lot of I'm people like, will go through that.
2: Who knows what she'll call herself? Who so. knows?
1: <laughs> okay, so your husband, Jamie, is a musician. Mm -hmm. um, tell everyone the name of his band.
2: Um, it's called green river ordinance. It's a mouthful, but it is a mouthful and they (laughs) are good
1: (laughs) and they travel a lot. Don't they?
2: They, you know, well, and I feel like I feel so similar in just even hearing you and Aaron talk about your marriage. So in the beginning, quite a bit, Mm -hmm. like 200 plus days every year, I felt literally like a a single person. And luckily I was doing ministry. I was doing college ministry. So I It was kind of fun because I just hung out on college. I didn't go to college. I was just doing college ministry, but I felt like a college student because I lived kind of the single girl life because Jamie was gone so much. So I just had college girls in my house all the time and it was so fun. Um, But I would say now he travels um, quite a bit less, which is really nice um, as... Everyone in the band has started to get married or have kids. Mm-hmm. They've all just kind of realized, oh, we don't want to be gone 24-7. Right. So <laughs> they've kind of re- they've made some adjustments as a band so that they can be more particular about the gigs that they take and the way their tours are routed and all of that to be home quite a bit more. So it's been really nice the last two years to have him actually be in our everyday life. I don't have to go to small group on myself. Yes. <laughs> all those things that I was doing for that just were normal to me for so long.
1: I say that I live like single mom life for a, like half of every week for about three or four years. Uh oh, half yeah. the week I was single mom and the other half I was, you know, Aaron was home. And it would be funny because I know y'all didn't have kids during this time, but for me, Aaron would come home and then he would do something and i'd be like oh no no no, no! that's not how we do things like we don't do it that, <laughs> that way in this house he's like well i'm the parent too and i live here and i'm like i know but listen if you're gonna be gone half the time then i <laughs> i get to make the rules of how we do things yes. uh, it was kind of funny but for us it kind of similar the same way with you guys when i was the only wife um, and we had kids pretty early. When I was the only wife and mom, we were.
2: The, I was the first wife too of the oh, band. Everyone yes. else is singing. Okay, mm-hmm. and so
1: I was like, you know, little band mom. But they would travel and go do a gig someplace. And then they would stay like two extra days to hang out. And I'm like, what the heck? Oh, like, okay. you know, uh-uh. but I know. But then <laughs> as they other guys started getting married and having kids, that stopped really quickly. And I was like, how come when I was the only wife, like no one cared about Jamie at home. Everyone oh, just...
2: yeah. You were the sacrificial lamb of the I band. Was, I, was.
1: <laughs> I want to tell all the wives like, hey, I set this up for you. Come on. We can do this.
2: Yeah. Um, Okay, and so- I don't know if you experienced this at all, but just as you were saying, I, you know, there was a season with Jamie and I's marriage where I would kind of joke about, okay, this is what, you know, I would fill our plans. And I would say, this is what life looks like here at the house. Cause you've been gone so much. I kind of get to set the rules, but I also was just going to say that it just reminded me of God really teaching me not to use that against my husband. Cause he wasn't a band before we met and I knew what I was signing up for, but in my flesh, I would use it against him and say, well, you're not here. So that so I can do a, B and C, or you don't get a say. Um, and so it's just been neat too, that, um, God's taught me a lot about not using that as ammo in a fight and things like that. And, but it took, it took several years to not, to not bring it up.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. I am the same way. Like I remember even like having to fight against bringing up, um, in fights. Well, you're not ever, you're not here you know oh, like yeah. you're, not even like i get to do this this way but just kind of like you'd be fighting about something so like minimal and then i would i would want to say well you're never home um, mm, yeah, in the trump same card. Way, yeah trump card and the same way is like god totally like breaking me and softening me and being like hey this is actually his job and if he's called to it then we all are and so right um, right
2: man doesn't god use things like that to grow us it's so crazy Oh, yeah. And it seems so cool. Before, you know, when you're dating, you're like, oh, he plays guitar and all this stuff. <laughs> yes. And then the reality of it is like, oh, I take out the trash. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly.
1: I think the reality of everything that seems amazing, uh, the reality is always a little bit different.
2: Oh, for sure.
1: You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, yes, like, exactly. I'm going to, like, list out all of the things that you have your hands in and from the outside Um, and it is amazing everything you're doing, but I'm sure there's a little bit of reality to everything where you're like, this is actually really, really hard work and it, you know, all kinds of stuff.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. So before we start talking about things that you're doing, because I just cannot wait to hear about how this is all unfolded in your life with a couple different things that you're doing in your life. I want to talk real quick about, um, you having your baby. And so Uh I know you mentioned to me that you guys were actually in the adoption process when you got pregnant.
2: Yes, we were. So, um, I guess it was about almost four years ago um, that we, no, it was like three years ago. We had just decided, well, and Jamie was traveling so much. So a lot of our deciding to wait to try um, was due to that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, once you decide, okay, God, we're ready. Now you can bless us with a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're um, ready. Yeah, that didn't happen. But what was what's really cool, I think, about our story is And similar to a lot of the women that you've had on your show, it's just that adoption was never plan B for us. It was always um, something that we felt called to. And so when we were dating, we would engage rather, we would have some pretty um, specific conversations about, for me particularly, I was like, this is something that God has literally made very clear that I'm going to do at some point. Um, and so the whole conversation with us was, okay, which first adoption first, biological first, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and that was where we sort of disagreed on some things, but obviously God just, he is in control. And so he decided the order of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we were trying for a little bit and weren't getting pregnant, um, I just, you know, the next step with doctors and everything was, okay, here's the next infertility kind of things you can start doing. And we just really didn't feel like God was asking us to go that route and to do those things. Um, and so instead we just immediately started the adoption process, which secretly I was, I mean, obviously I was a, kind of upset that I wasn't able mm-hmm. to get pregnant right away, but it was something that I've So being pregnant and having my own biological child has always been something more that I had to come to grips with um, and something that I was nervous about, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Um, Adoption, not so much. That was something that God placed on my heart when I was 19, way long time ago. So I've been just waiting, basically waiting for a husband and waiting for the opportunity. Um, And so when we started the adoption process, I was so excited. Um, And we did the whole narrow it down to, um, you know, of the 30 agencies I looked at, which ones do we want to go with? And do we want to, um, adopt internationally or locally? And, um, we just landed on a domestic transracial adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the route we were going. And of course we did a year's worth of, you know, paperwork, fingerprints, home study, interview, all the everything. Yes. (laughs) And it's a lot. Yes. Yeah. The whole gamut, everything. And we get to the end and we were so thrilled. We got a phone call. Yay. You're on the waiting list. Um, and we were on the waiting list for two months when I got pregnant.
1: Oh my gracious.
2: So we were like, wow, we were not expecting that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, weren't even almost to the point to where I had symptoms for almost three months. And I just kept saying like, it was, you know, like my, my, Breasts Tinder and I would Google "tend," you know, soreness oh, and uh-huh. tenderness, and it would say like the things that would come up in Google immediately were all like first signs of pregnancy. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh no, I well, know yes. that's not it. So <laughs> I wonder so what, what it is. I literally told Jamie that I was like, I need to get a mammogram because what if I have like breast <laughs> cancer or something? I don't know. I was just thinking, surely it's not that. Um, even my friends joke with me because I ordered my pregnancy test on Amazon. And they were like, you didn't run to the drugstore? And I was like, no, I was that convinced that it couldn't be that. That
1: is <laughs> I w- hilarious.
2: Yeah. And so anyways, I was. And um, and it's been the biggest blessing, obviously. But we definitely had to put our adoption on hold. Oh, and we had a huge fundraiser, of course. Oh, so, of course, of course. <laughs> and we had raised all the money and paid for the entire thing. And so it was just kind of comical on God's part that he's like, ha ha, fourth quarter, you're pregnant. Right. So
1: what does that uh, look like? What does adoption look like for you guys, for you guys now?
2: Um, so our agency asked us to wait nine months before we jump back into the process. Um, and that's actually in September of okay. this year. Mm-hmm. So we were like, "Woo! it came quick. Yes, it did. <laughs> and of course, whenever I got pregnant, I was like, yeah, we'll start immediately right in September because, you know, let's just knock it all out. And now that I actually have a child living at my house, like mm-hmm. even that I'm taking care of, I'm like, oh. <laughs> It's not, um, maybe I will wait just a little bit longer. So I think we've talked about, um, restarting everything at the beginning of the year. Um, so just waiting until January and then, you know, we'll have to make a new book and do mm-hmm. a new home study and some of those things. Cause obviously our home is different. Our lives are different. Um, but yeah, so we'll start that in 2017 and just kind of wait to see what God has in store. That
1: is awesome. My, um, first two kids are 22 months apart. And so we were kind of like that. We started our adoption, our dom- we did a domestic translational adoption, just like you guys. Mm-hmm. And we started when Caden was nine months old, and then we totally took our time. I mean, because we had a nine month old, obviously. Right. And so I think it was about, I guess, about fifteen months later is when Deacon came home. So we kind of okay. we we waited. After we were approved, five months, and then we were chosen, and then Deacon was born. So, yeah, kind of the same kind of scenario. I mean, different different things for sure. Our pregnancy was a surprise as well, Um, but it's because we had only been married about a year and a half and we weren't planning on starting a family yet. So, yeah. And (laughs) then, but then I look back and I'm like, man, that was so not our timing in fact for me i ran to the drugstore to get a pregnancy test because and aaron and i cried for like the first two months and and i i kind of hate saying that out loud because i have plenty of friends who would just give anything um to be pregnant yeah but it's just a different scenario for us it was we d- didn't have like full-time jobs we had just moved it was just not the best time in our eyes for us to have a baby um and then oh, we lost yeah. our insurance like halfway through. I mean, I was on Medicaid. Oh, yeah. It was just like the worst. <laughs> and and, and, yes. and I say that it's like I say it very lightly because I know that there are some people who would just give anything to have that. And so I'm, I want to be sensitive to that. But in our situation, it was a really hard thing for us as well. But I look back and I think, man, God, it just totally put everything in the way that God wanted our family to be because – Had we waited longer, like, we wouldn't have Deacon and then Amos. You know what I mean? So it was just this, like, looking back, you can always see and think, man, God, thank you for that um, timing that seemed um, inconvenient for us. Uh, But it was actually just what you had in mind for us. And so congratulations on your sweet Rosie. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see what happens in 2017 for you guys.
2: Yes, us too. And, yeah, I think – it's just just like you said like god knows exactly what's supposed to happen and as excited i was you know a little just a tiny bit even though i had been trying to get pregnant just a tiny bit sad because I was like, oh, I was just like on board emotionally with the adoption. Sure, yeah. And and that was where my brain was for a year, a little over a year. And so I had to really switch gears. Um but at the same time I feel like what's so awesome about the sovereignty of God is that um, he didn't want us on the waiting list right then. Mm-hmm. And our our child is, you know, the birth mom is maybe right now she's pregnant. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, yeah. so who knows? And he knows who's supposed to be in our family. And so I just, that's such a huge comfort to me, even though it took a minute to, to switch. Oh, for <laughs> switch sure. The oh my gosh. And I remember when we were going through
1: the process, I mean, you know, the book you have to make, like, for those of you that don't know, like when you do a domestic adoption, I don't know if you do this in any countries for international, but I know for a domestic adoption, you make like a profile book. And so it's actually oh, yeah. a book quote unquote, like selling your family. It's like, you want to you want to show um, a potential mom who's looking at these families. You want to give her a good glimpse into your world. And so we made our book and yes. it was just, I literally obsessed over every picture that went into the book.
2: Oh, I, I lived mean, and breathed Yes, book. me
1: too. And I would tell Erin, I was like, is there anything in this picture that you think someone would look at and think we're not good parents and and Aaron like I think he got really super annoyed because he's like just make a book because in my mind I thought if we don't do this paperwork on time or if our book is bad we're gonna miss our baby and um, yes. Aaron did what he does so graciously for me all the time was to remind me that it would actually be impossible for us to miss the baby that God had planned for us. And so <laughs> it was such a good like, reminder because I kind of went to crazy town um, thinking, yeah.
2: oh, same. you know, if mm-hmm. Aaron didn't
1: fill out his paperwork on time, we'd miss our child. Like our child would be with other parents and that's supposed to be our kid. And that's just not the reality because that's not how God works. Um, right he is sovereign over everything and so we knew he knew our family that
0: would be and he knew your family with Rosie and then
1: whoever's coming next so
0: Whole Foods Market.
1: Okay, you call yourself a mompreneur. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. Which, yes, I've heard that a few other times, and I actually love it, but I want you to explain what you mean by that.
2: Yeah, I think that, well, obviously being a mom is very new um, to my repertoire of things that I'm doing in life, but um, I don't know, I just think it's important that I can also sort of maintain some of my identity prior to Rosie. And obviously we all have different stories. And, you know, like you said, like you weren't expecting to get pregnant early on in marriage. I was kind of hoping that right at the four or five year mark, I would get pregnant. And here we are, I'm 33, eight years in, and now we have the baby. And so it didn't look that way for us, but instead what God put in front of us was a lot of cool ventures and things that he was calling us to do. And we had the capacity to do them because Uh we, I didn't have other things going on right. And so whenever I, I knew I always wanted to be a mom, I didn't know what it would look like to do both um, and always sort of felt this pressure not from any particular person but to choose mm. and um, and just thought for a little while, okay, do I have to stop doing this to start doing that? And obviously everybody is different. God calls every single person to do different things. <laughs> and for me, I really felt equally called to continue, Um, my nonprofit and some things that we have going on. um, And at the same time, to bring a child into that. um, And that it would make me a really great mom to continue doing the things that I was doing, um, as opposed to the shame that I was sort of placing on myself that um, basically, I'm choosing, like I'm Mm -hmm. choosing something over, over my child, um, instead of Planning and being strategic about what it looks like um, to be obviously a very present mom, but to graft a child into our worlds that just look a little different than maybe other people's do. And so, anyways, I I had seen that word around, and um, have some friends who have gone to little conferences or summits that you know are geared towards other mompreneurs, and Mm -hmm. just felt like it was a way that I could own the things that God is calling me to do, and that even if it does look a little different. I
1: love how you said in there when you were talking about how um, God has different plans for everybody, and so I think on the show, on the happy hour, a lot of times I talk to women who are doing um, amazing things like you are, and running organizations, and writing books, and all kind of things, and um, we also talk to women who are in the in the thick and they are full-time parents, like that is their gig, and they are pouring themselves out for it. And I always want to do exactly what you just did and tell women that you're not better if you do one or the other. And so I think that I I love how you came to that conclusion of like, this is what God is asking and calling me to do with my life, with my daughter and to continue working in your nonprofit. Um, And so how does that look? Tell us about your nonprofit. And then what does it look like actually um, to be fully present as a mom and fully present as running a nonprofit?
2: Yeah, so my nonprofit is called The Net and um, we serve three different groups, um, demographics in my city. We serve um, the homeless and then we also serve low income kiddos who are um, at risk and just happen to be refugee kids and we have an after school program for them. And then I would say the largest portion of our, of my organization is that we work with women and girls in our city who have experienced sexual exploitation. Um, and so that it's a it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, those are like those could be three different organizations. Yes, they they definitely could be. And at the same time, somehow it all works. That's awesome. Every day I wake up and I'm like, how are we functioning? Uh-huh. And I just I have an amazing team. Um, and so that makes it all you know. And I think so. Anyways, that's what I would say behind my ability to be. An executive director of a nonprofit and at the same time be a mom is that I have really amazing people all around me making mm-hmm. that possible mm-hmm. kind of holding me up and making me honestly like you said just look better than I actually am um, because I, I just have great people to rely on around me we also have right now um, a live-in nanny mm-hmm. who is extremely helpful. And she's with our daughter about 15 hours a week. Uh And then Jamie, um, oddly enough, because his travel schedule is so weak and focused now, because Uh it's not big, long tours like Uh it used to be. Uh um, He and I have a great trade-off system with her on the days that we don't have help. Um, And so, and I can work a lot from home. I have an office, but I can work quite a bit from home too. And so it's not really it's not a good formula. I wouldn't like say, Oh, y'all should try our amazing system. I'm like, Tuesdays for these three hours, I do this. And (laughs) then, you know, on Thursdays, he comes home and we like, you know, pass the baton and he leaves. But for us, it works right now. Mm -hmm. And I still get to spend time with my daughter. And what's so great too, is a lot of my um, job. Now I used to be the setup, the teardown, the everything person at every single event, but we have 25, 30 serve events a month. And so that's just physically not possible. Oh, yeah. But what's so great is that, you know, Rosie, right now I strap her, <laughs> strap yep. her on and we go have breakfast with the homeless or we, you mm-hmm. know, go do different events that the ones that obviously I can bring her to where it makes sense. Um, and she gets a glimpse of that. And what's, awesome, too, is that a lot of the friends, we say friends, but the friends that we serve, um, our impoverished friends, you know, we're so excited during my pregnancy, like the ladies I was visiting in jail, they're like, you know, bring her to the jail, I want to see her. And (laughs) so it's really cool, because Somehow it all works, but I, w- I would say I would attribute it most to one, Jamie and I have a, some flexibility in our schedule in our lives. And at the same time, um, God has taught me a lot about not being the person mm-hmm. doing everything all the time, but instead finding really amazing people who do things as good, if not better than you and, and letting them sort of take the reins a little bit so that you can do what you're called to do well. That's
1: awesome. And I I, every time I talk to someone on the show that is running a business or an organization, they say the exact same thing. I'm not doing it (laughs) all. Um, And I just did an interview with somebody. um, I was on their show and she asked about the happy hour and how it, you know, runs smoothly. And I was like, you know what, it runs so much smoother now because I have help like you. um, And I have help Mm -hmm. for people to do the things that like, I can't do the best. And so it gives it frees me up to do the things I do best. I get to do those things and I'm not having to worry about other things. And so that is a key, key, key to success is to delegate and find people to walk alongside you. So good. Um, you said your serve events, what are your serve events?
2: Oh gosh. Well, okay. So there's a lot of them. Um, So we have a weekly breakfast with the homeless every Friday. And actually, that's how the net got started was that was our first event that we were doing. I was on staff at a church and with college ministry, as I mentioned previously, and um, myself and a group of TCU students, college students um, just decided that we wanted to serve locally. Um, Oh, and oddly enough, before we ever went and served the homeless, the way that we before we went, we were like, okay, let's just we met in my living room for a semester and just prayed. we were like, let's just ask God where he wants us to go in our Mm -hmm. city. And while we were meeting and praying, we were watching Jen Hatmaker's Interrupted DVDs. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And so that was, it's just kind of fun now Mm -hmm. to think about, oh, I was watching those and with my students and then we were praying and then we decided to um, go meet some of our friends who are homeless. And then we decided, hey, let's do this every week. Let's have breakfast with them. And we, we, play bingo and we eat bagels. So that event is called Bingo and Bagels. And that started in 2010. And that was kind of the birth of the net where I um, just realized, man, like all of us, the students and I who had jumped in to this event at the time, it was just one single event we were being transformed and changed far more than even what we were offering to the people that we were meeting with. And, and, you know, word kind of spread and other churches started saying, Hey, we'd like to, can we come to that? Um, and so it just kind of grew from there where I felt like, okay, I was outgrowing this, um, taking my students to serve and maybe I could offer this to our city and to lots of churches and lots of people in our community. And not just to these 12, me and these 12 college students experiencing this kind of piece of heaven, honestly, on earth, Mm. Um, this beautiful, like we were, you know, and, and we were we're really particular about not um, serving the meal. We share a meal as something we always Mm. say. And so Mm -hmm. we sit down, we drink coffee, we eat bagels, we do the whole thing. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is so magical. I want to offer this to other people. Um, And so it kind of grew from there and just the different areas that we felt like God was calling us to. And, um, you know, as far as we went to an apartment complex and at the time i was taking students just to teach esl to refugees and all these kids um had you know were just running around their parents were working you know working Mm. two or three jobs overnight jobs and they were just running around in this low-income apartment complex with nothing to do and so we were like let's start a program for them and do an after school thing and so everything happened very organically um but yes, so in regards to our serve events, um, a lot of those events are weekly events. Um, and then through our jail outreach, we um, have we go to jail four times a month and we do court support for women who are incarcerated for prostitution. Mm. And so it just kind of has evolved into different areas. And I think, you know, it's not that it's like, oh, what new group can we take on and mm-hmm. change, you know? It's really just when you encounter one area, um, you encounter other things, and you're like, "Oh shoot, that's you know, There's anyone a need. doing it? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like one need evolves into the next uh-huh. need, and we're really cautious about taking on. You know, I of course that, you know at some level when you get to a certain place, you get lots of emails and phone calls, and they're like, "Oh, have you heard of this and uh-huh. this? And it's been really good for us to set boundaries and have limits and say, "You know what, that fall like we love that we love that you care about that group of women, but that falls outside of our vision for the Mm -hmm. women that we serve. And Mm they, they have to have an experience this for us to um, serve them with integrity because that's where our money is going to. That's what we've told our donors. So we can't take on everything. Although I would try, Um, we can't. And so, yeah, so we have a, a, a lot going on as in regards to serve events. And the reason behind that was because what I found is that, um, you know, a lot of people don't have time or, to, to go downtown and like, let's just start meeting homeless people. Let's just see what happens. Um, and not everyone has the capacity or the desire to do that. Um, but once we started to see the need and, and we, I, I think I, because I came from church staff world, I knew that demographic really well too. And, and so I just thought, what can I do to create opportunities for people? So I take out all the hard, all the, um, you know, we'll do the due diligence. We'll create the opportunity. We'll build the rapport in that, that particular um, impoverished community. We'll do all of that work. And then we'll set up a weekly time or a monthly time. That's very consistent. So that if you have kids, if you have family stuff going on, there's always a chance for you to jump in and serve. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the desire behind creating all the different events. I love that. And so
1: I have a question because there's probably people listening, thinking, okay, this is amazing, but I don't live in Fort Worth, like. How, mm-hmm. What would your encouragement be to someone who isn't running a nonprofit um, like The Net, they don't live in Fort Worth, but they feel this tug on them like, man, I really, really want to serve um, the, the poor in my community and I really want to share a meal with them and I really want to advocate for women. What would you say would be like, hey, here are some first action steps that you could take?
2: I mean, okay. So this is what I did um, initially was when I moved to Fort Worth, I had always had a desire to start a nonprofit. Um, actually, originally in Austin, which is funny because mm. Jamie and I negotiated. I was from Dallas, he was from Fort Worth, and the 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 thing was, I would come to Fort Worth for a little bit, but with the I bargain <laughs> my negotiating um, tool was that we would eventually move to Austin.
1: Oh, oh and, because is so cool. But you guys are Fort Worth is very very cool. So.
2: Yes. And so God knew he was like, no, you're not going, you're staying. Um, I have things for you here. Um, but what I did when I came to Fort Worth, because I was already kind of serving in Dallas and I felt kind of uprooted from that was I just honestly served with, and I say serve, I don't mean consistently necessarily. Um, just tried if that makes sense, Dip my toe in with maybe Thirty organizations in Fort Worth, and mm. um, you know, from Salvation Army to a night shelter that we have here, um, kids programs, adult programs, ESL to adult. Like I, I guess I just sort of tried everything. I know not everyone has the time to do that in particular, but I think it's just you know the, the same way with adoption. Just okay, oh, I want to adopt. God's called me to adopt. Okay, where do I begin? And I think it's just a little research involved. With mm-hmm. okay, what is going on in my city already? Um, and what are so, what's something that I can get behind? And, you know, I encourage everyone, even if they're not for in, in, in Fort Worth, I say, even if you're not serving with us here, can I tell you 10 other great organizations that I love and that, um, they need someone for this, this, mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also requires just not waiting. I mean, not waiting on church leadership to, Find those things for you. There's a little bit of initiative on our end of, mm-hmm. okay, here's okay. I'm a mom. I have little kids. What what works for our schedule? What can I, what where can I plug in um, without necessarily waiting to be told to do it? Um, but there's just so much need everywhere, and I feel like there are such amazing organizations, in every city. And for me, it just was a matter of figuring out what makes the most sense for my life stage for what I was doing yeah. at the time. And for me, I was trying to get a fluent college students to care about mm-hmm. um impoverished people and it just it took a minute for me to figure it out. But once I did, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, they're being changed, I'm being changed, mm. and then serving these people. And I think we're being changed more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think it's even clearer um something that I think sometimes us women can believe the lie, but that in this stage of life it doesn't work for me to serve and you know you you started with college kids and you were um, married without children you know and so we have a woman who's married with no kids college kids and now you're a mom and you're still serving and the capacity might look different depending on your stage Um, but I don't want women to believe the lie that this isn't a good time for me to serve you know what I mean and so I think that there is and like you said people who don't live in Fort Worth find your look around in your city there are places that are there are things that are happening and if there aren't well, you can start it. Let's go get it. You know? Um, so yeah,
2: great I encouragement. I, I love that you said that because, you know, I recently had a mom say to me how much she loved everything we're doing. And she was like, as soon as all, you know, I get my last two kids out of the house off to college, um, I'm going to be calling you guys. And I was thinking in three years, um, right. but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I will just say too, that there's something. So even if, so there's definitely like a struggle, like even now having Rosie, I go to an event and I'm like, oh shoot, she just had a blowout at this mm-hmm. event. So I go back to my car in this kind of shady area of town and I change her diaper in my, you know, the trunk of my car or in the backseat of my car, or whatever. Anyways, there's, there's a struggle involved with it, but there's something really beautiful to me about her watching me struggle to figure out a way mm. to find um, opportunities to be involved with people who are in need in my city and even if i'm failing at it i want her to look back and think yeah mom was really struggling she started at this organization and it didn't work that well for our soccer schedules or whatever so then we had to try here but there's something i think really beautiful about um yeah just pursuing it anyway and my kids Mm -hmm. seeing that it's a priority even if i'm not doing it perfectly or the way that i would if i just had all this margin Mm -hmm. um and so that would be my encouragement too to anyone who feels like they they can't um even just having your kids watch you attempt to Mm -hmm. do those things because Mm -hmm. you feel like you know it's outlined in scripture and it's something that god cares deeply about then i think that there's something really neat about the mess of just getting started or trying
1: i agree i agree Hey, guys, before we get back to my conversation with Melissa, I want to tell you about Jelly Telly. Have you ever thought, I want a fun way to help my kids learn about Jesus and the Bible? Well, Jelly Telly is that, and they're going to let you try it for a week and get unlimited streaming of your kids' favorite Christian videos and movies. Um, there's 100-plus shows, including What's in the Bible and VeggieTales. Jelly Telly was actually co-developed with the VeggieTales creator, Phil Weischer. What are you going to find on there is you're going to find devotionals and blogs and resources to help your kids flourish in their faith. You can watch Jelly Telly together or feel great about handing your phone or tablet to your kids knowing that they're going to be watching something that's safe. Your kids can pick and choose what they want to watch, and you can feel good about what they're watching because it all points back to God. Guys, Jelly Telly is easy to watch on your phone, your tablet, computer, or TV, uh, that with iOS, Android, and Kindle apps, plus a brand new Roku channel. Guys, you can literally gather everyone around the TV to watch. Family movies have never been this fun and this safe and this is something pointing back to Jesus. So, for just $4.99 a month or $39.99 a year, you can get JellyTelly. And they have a deal right now for you Happy Hour listeners. So, if you go to JellyTelly.com today, you can use a special code Happy Hour, which is just for you guys. Um, and you're going to get $5 off or your first month of JellyTelly free. So, check them out. JellyTelly.com. Here is the rest of my conversation with Melissa. I want to talk about some other two things that you guys have your hands in. Um, first, let's go to your restaurant because... I have at the time of this recording, I've never been but by the time this airs, I will have you will have hosted a happy hour at your restaurant. Yes, yes, I'm so excited. Melissa, I am beyond excited. And the weird thing is, is when this comes out, it would have already happened. And we'll just be like, so happy about it. But right now, (laughs) it hasn't happened. And I cannot wait to come to your restaurant. That's like my number one thing, but I also can't wait to have a happy hour there and just meet everyone that's coming. But I've known about your restaurant for a while because my husband went a couple of years ago and came home and raved
2: about it. Oh, yay. Okay, yes. Yes, so that's our restaurant. And I was honestly so, like to have someone who's an Austinite come to Fort Worth. And I think I can't, maybe I could be wrong about this. Maybe I just created my own memory in my head. But I remember Jamie telling me, that, you know, him and Aaron had texted a few times and he's like, Aaron's at brood again. And I'm like, again. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, someone from Austin who's like hip thinks that brood is cool enough to go back twice. Like we've made it. <laughs> you've
1: made it. Well, I, when he came to the restaurant, I think they were playing up there in an event and I wasn't there, but I believe one of my kids was with him.
2: Yeah. Deacon was Deacon, with
1: him. Yes. Yeah. And so Deacon went <laughs> with him and they just came back. And I think Deacon had some kind of like, Would it have been like mac and cheese or yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. And he just raved about it. And so Aaron came home and we have always, it will never happen because it's like this thing that it's, it sounds amazing, but not really do do either Aaron and I have the capacity to do this, but we've always been like, it'd be so fun to own a restaurant um, because Aaron loves to cook. Although he wouldn't actually be cooking, you know, just like, you know, developing stuff, but Mm -hmm. he came Mm -hmm. home and he was set told to me, he's, he said to me. Uh, I just went to the restaurant that if we ever made one, this would be it. So.
2: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, okay. we should do one together. Well, okay. So, Brewed
1: in Fort <laughs> in Worth. In all of our free time. In all of our free time. Yes. Okay. First of all, did you start it and open it and you run it and everything? Tell me just for a second about this because this sounds like, like a whole full-time job.
2: Okay. So, myself and Jamie and a couple of other couples actually decided to start it together. We had all traveled to China together um, doing some mission work. And there was a really great coffee, kind of an all-inclusive coffee, wine bar, <clears throat> restaurant breakfast spot in China. And we, we all just would come back and rave about it. Um, and then we were like, oh, how funny, what if we started one in Fort Worth? And then we started meeting every week and getting kind of serious about it. Um, and I think what was, what was hilarious and what we all brought to the table was that we had all traveled a bit and loved you know, certain decor at this place. And we learned the coffee at this place and considered ourselves foodies. And I'm out out of all of us. I'm the only one who had any restaurant experience. I was the only one who had ever worked at a restaurant. So we were all actually, um, so naive and so insane. Like we, like to think that you can start a restaurant because you like decor at a certain place right. or you like like the way oh, you coffee like food. tastes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I had this great, uh, you know, cauliflower stuff at this one place. We should add that to our menu. And it was, but it was really, it's funny because God used our naivety to bring something to our city. And so what started, what we all thought would be a hobby um, because we had never been in the restaurant business. It's so funny because now when people we talk to people in the restaurant business, they're like, oh, that's funny that you <clears throat> thought it could be like a side gig. Right. Um, we had no idea how overwhelming it would be. Um, and honestly, we made like a lot of mistakes. And what's funny is that one of the things we were good at and Jamie was actually helpful and this is just marketing it. Mm. So there was a lot of buzz about it before it opened. And we ran out of food within the first few (gasps) hours of our grand opening. Like you ran out of food. Um, We ran out of food and our POS system, um, our point of sale system stopped working. So we had to give free stuff to people. Um, It was just kind of a train wreck in the beginning. And it was like in our newspaper and on Yelp. And we were like, Oh my gosh, We don't know what we're doing and everyone knows it now.
1: (laughs) That is hilarious. Do you look back and think what a rookie mistake, like we ran out of food?
2: No, like I could write a whole book called Rookie Mistakes (laughs) to try to start a restaurant. I, yes, uh, just, yeah, I could think of the grand opening could be chapter one and then I could just list out 20 other chapters of everything that you shouldn't do. That is hilarious. is come full circle and we have a great management team in place and and it's funny because when we first opened we had hired 25 people or less um and now we have over 60 employees because that's how much we didn't know right we were so clueless and so anyways four years later we're doing great doors are still open praise god you're still serving food yeah still serving food um there was an article in our newspaper this week about how we've made a comeback in the last couple of years. So <laughs> all glory to God for that because they're so
1: awesome.
2: Yeah. It was it's it's fun to it's I can laugh now, but <laughs> it was rough in the beginning. Um and it, the funny thing was we just felt like okay, God put this on our hearts to do. Mm-hmm. And so we we were like in it. We were like, we will survive somehow, some way we will survive. And we have, which has been really fun.
1: Well, I think that's so amazing. And another reason Aaron and I will never start a restaurant is because there's so many good restaurants here in Austin that it's just like oh. the scariest thing in the world.
2: Yes. When I come to Austin, all, I mean, there's so many fun outdoorsy things to do. And I feel like when I get there, all my, pl- all my like plans um, turn into eating and drinking my way through Austin. Exactly. Instead. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. I'm like, Oh, we could go paddleboard, but let's go to another let's, lunch. <laughs> exactly. Let's have brunch. And yeah.
1: they have rosé on tap. Here we go. Let's go get this. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I love it. Do you love rosé, the wine?
2: Um, yes, I do. And I'm kind of, yeah, I, Jamie and I are kind of obsessed with it. And so that's my summer drink. Yep. yep.
1: I, I agree. Okay. So I saw that you guys went to Napa recently with no kids. Well, no kid.
2: Yes, we did. Yeah, we went in May and Oh, that's that's an amazing place. I'm All like, right. why, am I, why did I wait to go there? It's so awesome. Um, yeah, so we did get to go. That was our first baby-free trip. Um, it was a little hard for me. I cried on the plane because um, I saw other babies on the plane. Yeah. And I was like, everyone else is bringing their baby to Napa. And, I'm, and then, you know, while you're sitting, like, at a vineyard doing wine tasting, you're like, oh, thank goodness. I don't exactly. have my baby <laughs> on exactly. my hip. I don't have the Bjorn on with a glass of rosé in my hand. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, we did, and it was uh, it was a delayed anniversary trip because uh, on our actual anniversary, um, Rosie was two weeks old. So okay,
1: yeah, no no Napa trips there.
2: Yeah, we were just we were in the trenches. We were
1: in the trenches, (laughs) literally. Um, The first time I ever left, Caden. I mean, he's 12 now, and so. people ask us all the time like when we go to super fun places like did you take your kids we're like uh heck no no just Aaron and I (laughs) um but we do take them we go on like RV trips for them you know and then Aaron and I go to like you know a resort in Mexico but anyhow the first time we left Caden he was nine months old and we lived outside of Nashville at the time and Aaron surprised me and we just had so little money so I look back and I'm just so thankful that that we valued that alone time and going on a trip together even when you didn't have the funds you know we Aaron probably saved up for that trip since Caden was born I mean literally and we drove up to Chicago and for the weekend and just had such a great time but I remember I'd have to go back to the hotel and pump and then pour out the milk and it was just like the worst thing in the world to pour out breast milk Um, But when I left Caden with our great friends the shingletons I mean she had raised three kids by then and they were all in middle school and high school And I came in with like a list, like three page long typed up instructions for how to take care of a baby. (laughs) And and she was so kind to just listen because I'm sure she was thinking, I've done this. (laughs) I can handle a baby. Um, And we brought every baby item that we had in our house. We brought to their house for the three days. I just look back and laugh. And now I leave my kids and I'm just like okay, just make sure they don't die. Like, I don't even yeah. know your last name, but you're good. Okay, stay
2: here with the kids. It's, it's so funny. I'm you know? laughing because I still do what you just said. <laughs> yeah. I still do. And so I'm like, um, we make like two trips of loads, like loads of oh, stuff, yes. the baby stuff to my in-law's house. We're like, okay, we'll bring the first, we'll drop off the first <laughs> round of gear and then we'll bring the second round when we drop her off. And here's the Google Doc that I made. Exactly. And anyways, I assume at some point, I will grow out of it, but that's hilarious because it's good to know every mom goes through it.
1: (laughs) Every mom goes through it. I mean, another example is when Caden, my oldest, started kindergarten. I walked him into school, and on the way out, I started crying. I, I mean, sending my oldest to kindergarten was one of the hardest things that I've done, which is laughable now. And then when fourth child story goes to kindergarten, I wasn't even in town. Like a friend took her on the first day. I mean, that's, that's how different kid number one is to kid number yeah. four. It's just a drastic change.
2: Oh, I'm sure. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Okay,
1: so another thing that your husband does, and I'm sure if he does it, you're involved a little bit, is flipping houses.
2: Yes, yeah. So that is um, kind of our newest thing that we have going on. Um, so my husband and his our our best friends um, and we're those people who we literally live across the street from each other like we just prayed for houses on the same street and then obviously it wasn't just our desire it was the desire of God's heart to have us live this in this close of proximity so we literally live across the street from our best friends and they've been um, they were college roommates and so he he's a detective here in town and obviously Jamie has band stuff but they started a real estate company um, and some of it was him and his wife were floating their own homes Uh and so were Jamie and I and there just kind of came a point where I was like okay so I don't want to live in construction zones anymore so why don't we start doing this with other houses not just ours Um, because we really I mean despite the difficulty in it um, both kind of love we have a knack for design and remodel and that whole thing Um, renovation is just kind of a fun thing for us um, and so they started a company um, doing that. And it's just yeah, it's only a couple of years old, but it's really taken off and and they've done quite a bit of houses in the last couple of years and um, I don't I don't play a huge role necessarily. Um, I'm, I help pick out paint colors or which you is, know a tile or something. But if you, if you love doing
1: that, that's needed because I hate doing that. When, oh. we, when we painted our house, <laughs> yeah. we were gonna do, a certain like it was either white or gray I can't remember and so all of you know that have ever painted a house or redecorated if you say you want to paint your inside white there's 8,000 colors of white which does not make sense to me as a non- yeah. non-decorator but Aaron yeah. put all the colors up on the wall and like we would look at it under different light and I, finally I was like they all look alike I don't care just pick one like that's not <laughs> fun to me I don't even get it it's so crazy.
2: Yeah. I feel the same way about grays. I'm like, there are 1000 grays. There's blue grays, there's Uh brown grays. And they Um, look
1: different under sunlight versus light in your house and everything's different. Mm. Okay. So can you talk about what you told me about on the thing with the TV?
2: Yeah. Okay. So this is what I'll say, um, is that we don't know what's actually going to happen in regards to any sort of potential TV show. So this is where my husband and I are so different. He is positive Patty and I'm negative Nancy. <laughs> and so he's the ultimate optimist. He's like, Oh, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And if you were on a double date with us, I, he would tell you all the cool things that are going to happen. And I would tell you how they all will never come to reality. Right. Right. And so, <laughs> um, and so I'm, you be called a
1: realist and
2: not necessarily yes, negative okay. Nancy. Yes,
1: yes. You could be called yes, like I... Rita realist.
2: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. I'm not (laughs) negative. I'm real. That's right. And I'm Rita. Um, Rita. And so (laughs) Rita's version of what's happening (laughs) is that we have done some filming. We have signed with a production agency. um, And I'll just say we're waiting to hear back next steps um, as far as what will actually happen in regards to the network that we're talking to.
1: Okay, I think I'm gonna like come where some come somewhere in the middle between Rita and Patty. Pat? Okay. What do you call him? Patsy? Positive Patty. Positive Patty. I'm gonna come somewhere in between Rita and Patty and be like, you've signed something. Y'all are like the cutest couple, and I've seen some of the stuff you do. I think that this is gonna happen.
2: That's just an outsider looking in. (laughs)
1: Like, why would anyone not want you to be on their network? I mean, I just think.
2: Think okay, that's be- exactly what my husband says. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, don't say that in front of people. Like- that's hilarious. Well,
1: I hope that this happens for you guys. And Thank you. And <laughs> I can't wait to watch you on whatever network you're going to be on. And hopefully it'll be on Hulu because I don't have cable. So there's that. Um, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, good. so so, Melissa, I want to finish off the same way I do, and I want to hear what you're reading and what you're loving. So where would you like to start?
2: Okay, well, you alluded to earlier some things I'm loving. So one of the things is I am way into braiding my hair these days, Um, and it's something that it's hilarious because I didn't do it. I mean, I I liked normal, simple braids, but while I was nursing um, and you're awake in the middle of the night, um i what i would do is watch youtube hair tutorials
1: oh my gosh on, this is so amazing
2: yeah on how to braid hair um because i was like oh i should be productive in the middle of the night and honestly it's it's funny cuz i talked to friends and they're like oh it's just you know when you wake up it's an opportunity to pray <laughs> and i'm like yes yes it is or um, you can learn I'm to like, braid <laughs> yeah and i just found myself falling asleep you know in the middle of the night if i tried to read on my phone or do other things but this, the thing that kept me awake long enough to nurse was watching oddly enough in silence because I didn't want to you know um, wake up my husband but right. um, I was watching hair tutorials on braiding and that kind of became my thing and so I was doing it um, while Rosie was little um, and mostly because I was showering a lot less Yeah, I really do and I'm like okay I need a new plan for day three hair. Um, And so, yeah, so I started doing that. What's so funny is that, of course, if I'm capturing my braids, I'm capturing on Instagram or whatever. The best ones, like my like, okay, Uh this one is worthy. But the other ones I do throughout the week that are not so good are, I'm still, I'm a novice. I'm, I'm not that great at it. Um, and so it's funny because Jamie and I have a blog and stuff and people are like, Oh, you should do um, a a tutorial. tutorial." Yeah. And I'm like, it would be more like an outtake. So I'm like, Oh, (laughs) try one. It would be like a 30 minute video of, of my trial and error of trying each time. Right. Um, so I'm too embarrassed to do my own tutorial, um, because it's definitely, I'm not great at it, but I love doing it and it's been really fun. Um, and it's made me kind of feel like, oh, I'm not as gross. Do you (laughs) have a tutorial that you loved or like a person um, you watch? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, two girls, one, um, her name's twist me pretty Uh and, um, her name's Abby and she has a blog and she does tons of tutorials. And then another girl, um, her name's Amber and hers is called barefoot blonde. And they both have fabulous hair tutorials. So I'm like, go to their sites, go to their YouTube channels, watch them, learn from the experts. That is so Uh, fun. Yeah. So I love braiding my hair. I was, so because I, you know, I had, we had made this appointment for, and I was going to be out of, and you were in Africa. And then I was out of town. And so it got pushed back to August. Well, Earlier, of course I already decided what the things I was loving okay, that I yes say. and one of them was lemonade but after hearing Rachel Hollis describe uh-huh. it I'm like drop the mic there's nothing else to be said she <laughs> said everything I would say about the fabulousness of all things beyonce in regard to this album this film these songs so I don't need to say it so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone to go back and listen to her explanation of it because it was so good and i can't do it justice (laughs) she described
1: it when i did the episode with jen and her right before we left for ethiopia so that was a fun and they were enlightening me i mean i i still am a little um naive about all of it so
2: okay so it's 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 worth the i don't know 17 or whatever dollars i paid on itunes for it um i'll just say to anyone who's listening it's worth it it's so good and i would definitely watch the little film that comes with it for free it's so good Um, also, how would I say this? I pretend to be healthy and work out, (laughs) but I don't, okay. (laughs) I go through like really consistent phases and, for you know, if I am being consistent, everyone will know about it. I'm going to snap about it. I'm going to post about my meals, my recipes. And then if I'm not, I'm like off the radar. Right. I wonder if Melissa's eating these days. I'm like, well, I'm back to queso. So it's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) but my my sister has an amazing apparel line her and her husband do are all things fitness they have a fitness ministry and speak at churches and they have a book and they do this whole thing but she has um, an apparel line called fit ish and I love it and I wear it all the time and it's a little shirt that just says fit ish and it has a definition kind of fit someone who likes the idea of being fit but equally likes food (laughs) I love it So anyways, so that's my other favorite thing I'm loving is that, that I wore that this morning to the gym because I went to the gym for the first time in a month. And I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to wear this because it just represents how I feel about my over desire to be healthy and to work out consistently. And then the real read a realist is like, that doesn't actually happen as often as I would like. (laughs) Right. Okay. That's the story of my life. And how do you spell this company? Fit ish. So, like F I T dash ISH. Okay.
1: So, when you all Google it, I'm going to give you a little heads up right now. When you all Google it, you need to put the dash in. Because if you don't, the only thing that comes up is it says, did you mean fetish? And then everything is inappropriate. So, (laughs) I'm just going to let everyone (laughs) know you
2: need the dash. Fit ish with an I. Yes. Yes. You need the dashing. Yeah. And then it comes
1: up perfect. Yes.
2: Okay. Perfect. Yeah. It's fit ish apparel. And um, she has all kinds of cute uh, little sayings. Like I like a little coffee with my creamer and just some I cute love sh- it. That, yeah, that are very it's very I love what they're like, super, super fit and super healthy. And at the same time, I feel like they're the most um, unpretentious, like they, you know, are just very down to earth and um, don't pretend like They're the healthiest people on the planet, you know? And so it just makes you feel like, okay, good. I'm not the the worst person.
1: Balance, balance, (laughs) balance, balance. balance. Like this week, this is my first week home since crazy traveling in the summer. And my goal was Monday. I'm eating healthy. Like Monday. I always say like Monday it is. And um, I've been doing, I mean, it's Thursday. And I would admit that I have done really, really well.
2: Like, oh, good for you.
1: I've got four days that I can like be like, I'm proud of myself, you know? And
2: so there it is. Four days is better. You should become a nutritionist or something. I think that is so <laughs> right. You're on such a roll. I am by <laughs>
1: four days. And I even get this, Melissa. Like I've taken it a little step further. Is that I have been drinking for breakfast that glowing green smoothie.
2: yes, you know I love. Okay, about? I. Yes. Okay, I have her book. It's one of my books that I'm reading, and and not necessarily implementing, but okay. I'm just reading it. It's really encouraging. Okay, well, let's talk about
1: what you're reading. I want to hear it because I don't have this book, but my friend, um, the re- the place I've always heard about this is Amy from the Bobby Bones Show. So she okay. talks about uh-huh. it a lot. And I think she even talked about it in our episode. And so I made me up a big batch on Monday and oh my
2: gosh. have been drinking yeah. it.
1: I didn't drink it for breakfast this morning because Aaron cooked and that just but it was still healthy. Like it was all healthy. So I feel good about okay. that. But there it is. Okay. So what are you reading?
2: Yeah. So I'm reading, um, beauty detox and it is really good. It's really interesting because she has some different takes on what, and it's, and it's very, I don't, I want to say it's overly scientific and scare people away from it, but it's more like validating her. So when you have someone say, oh this movie equals this you're like well we'll see but mm-hmm. she validates a lot of it with research and just some things that she's learned along the way and also I feel like um a lot of it is geared towards how it affects your skin and some other things that you know women kind of care about and right. so anyways it's been really encouraging I, I actually have her audio book so I listen to it when I go on walks oh. um and so that's been. So I'm not re-, re not really reading it, but I am. It counts though. Yeah, um, you yes. know she has a podcast. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Kimberly Snyder, that's right. Who you're talking about, right? Yes,
2: uh-huh, yeah, Kimberly Snyder. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's
1: called Beauty Inside and Out with Kimberly Snyder, which I have just started to listen to every once in a while, and the episodes are like third twenty to thirty minutes. With I, I think oh, it's, okay. that's really. Cool. I mean, I know my show's long, but it's my show. I can do whatever I want, but I really <laughs> do enjoy those twenty to thirty minute things, you know. Okay. So.
2: Well, that's awesome. I'll have to check out her podcast. So I'm, I'm kind of reading, listening to that. Um, I, so I'll just confess now I'm a slow reader. I'm a really slow reader. Um, and so I say I'm reading, but it's, if someone were to ask me, so the books that I'm reading now, if we would have interviewed one month ago, I was reading them then too. There's
1: Um, no shame in that. So
2: well okay well good it's a safe place um so i'm halfway through two books wild and Free, Mm -hmm. um which obviously you're friends with jess Connolly, and that has been really um just so encouraging because even just the front of it uh or the front of the book how it just talks about um a woman who feels like they're too much but never enough Mm -hmm. i'm like yes yes yes
1: yes yes yes. Um,
2: and my biggest takeaway from that um And I don't remember what chapter it is, but I remember, I think it was Haley maybe who is describing what it meant to be meek, which I would Mm. never describe myself as. I always feel like, oh gosh, like those verses that talk about, you know, um, women and being meek and gentle and quiet in spirit and all those things. I always feel like, oh, that's not me. I wish I was more like that, but I love that she... Talked about the definition being exercising exercising God's strength under His control or like demonstrating power without harshness. Mm, I think uh that's one of the things she said, and I was thinking that yes, okay, that's what it means. Then I don't have to shy away from those verses and think, well, that will never be me. Mm. Uh, But I and I want to. I want to do that. I want to be if I am in a, a position of leadership or whatever to. To not do so with undue harshness and so anyways that has been super encouraging and i love hearing both their voices and perspectives and how they're very different but at the same time um they're kind of saying the same thing over and over again which is obviously that if your identity is in christ then then you don't have to be too much or and you're not never mm-hmm. enough because he's all of those things so yes anyway love that book and then the other one Um, I'm reading it's You and Me Forever by Francis and Lisa Chan. Oh, yes. I haven't read that, but I've seen,
1: um, I saw you Instagram about it, I think. And then I've seen other people chat about it.
2: Yeah. And it's really, it's really good. Um, You know, I kind of, I feel like I have a knack for people like him or David Platt. And I don't want to say the word extremist because Uh I feel like really what they've done is they lay the scripture over their lives and don't do anything outside. Uh You know, they just are so um challenging and encouraging at the same time of the things that they feel called to do and convicted about and are not afraid to say it mm. um and i feel like this book is exactly that and it's been super challenging and at the same time really encouraging just viewing your marriage in light of eternity and it's probably one of the few marriage books where um i've you know where kind of the theme is like it's actually not about you and your uh-huh. marriage and and you all just being this great couple and, you know, getting along better and all of those things. But it's really um, geared towards what God has called you to as a team and how when you're focused on that, it produces all those other things that we want to get along, to be intimate to all mm-hmm. those. Things. And so it's been really encouraging, but I would say also challenging and yeah. helpful. Yeah. OK, well, I've heard
1: great things about that book and I need to get my hands on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I love everything you're loving. I love everything you're reading. And I would tell you that I was watching a hair tutorial before we got on this call. And really? I am someone who doesn't care about my hair. But I watched <laughs> this woman do it. And I thought I can do that. I just need to go yeah. buy everything she told me to buy. And then I can do it. <laughs> um, and so I don't know that I'm going to take up the braiding tutorial because I just don't feel like I could do that. But you did it.
2: Yeah. Yes, I did. I, and I still don't really know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm totally faking it till I make it. Um, I think
1: sometimes braids look the best when they're not perfect.
2: Yes. And, and the thing is, it takes work to make them look like that. Yes. That's so <laughs> true. Because I can get mine all like tight and perfect. I'm like, great. But now I don't look like I'm on the beach and exactly. like an ad three <laughs> people and, you know, like, like all the girls I'm watching. <laughs> that's so
1: funny. That's so funny. Well, Melissa, I have loved chatting with you.
2: Um, I cannot wait to
1: meet you in person and give you a hug and see all the things in your world. And so it's been such a joy. And I know that the women that are listening have been encouraged um, just by your love for people and your love for your family and your love for um, doing what you do. And it's I would i've only this is the first time we've ever chatted and so we've never mm-hmm. met in person yes. but i can already tell that what you do everything from parenting to marriage to the net from you know the restaurant to everything that you do comes from a, an overflow in your heart from the love of god and so that is evident and so i love that and i love people that that shines through and that does in you
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. It really is an honor to be a part of the happy hour. I'm so Lauren says I'm an evangelist, but I would say in every right. So I'm also have recently become a happy hour evangelist. Yay. And, <laughs> and I tell everyone to listen and not because just really simply because I feel so encouraged by you and the women that you have on. And, you know, and I love that you have this whole array of different women, like you mentioned previously, just doing all different things. But for me, doing all the different things that i'm doing here in fort worth i don't necessarily have oh my one dozen friends who are also doing mm. a b c d mm-hmm. but you have these women on who are and it just makes me feel not alone <laughs> in some of my endeavors and anyways you're just a huge source of encouragement and the women that you have on are a source of encouragement so thank you so much and i'm so excited to do um happy hour on the road with you in a few weeks
1: oh my gosh i am giddy excited so um, thank you for your kind words and keep evangelizing about the happy hour and Jesus. Okay, I will. For sure. I will. Both. Both.
2: My top two priorities. <laughs> right there now. you go.
1: <laughs> Let's let more. We, I always say I want more people at the happy hour because, you know, it's always so much fun. So thank you for being a fabulous guest. And um, I'll see you soon in like two weeks. Yeah, see you in a little bit. Yay. Okay. Guys, I loved my conversation with Melissa and all the things that she has going on. I want to tell you that since we recorded this, we actually had our happy hour on the road at her restaurant at Brood. We had so much fun there. The restaurant is so stinking cool, um, and I loved it. And we actually went back the next morning to have breakfast there because I didn't really eat anything the night before, and the breakfast was amazing. And it's just in the cutest little part of Fort Worth. Fort Worth has changed so much um, in the last 15 years, and it's just so cute. If you're ever in Fort Worth, please stop by. Find Melissa and tell her I told you to come there. Guys, remember everything we chat about on the Happy Hour is always going to be available on my webpage, and that's jamieivy.com. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Tell me something you love from the episode. I always love to hear what people get out of the show. Today's show is edited by Logan Garza, and the music is from Jason Poe. Guys, we also have a Happy Half Hour this Friday. The Happy Half Hour is going to be with my friend Bailey Hurd, and she was guest on number 53. And if you haven't listened to that one, please go back and listen, because she just has a story. Um, of walking through some hard times when she lost her husband. But her story is not one that ended there. Um, There is redemption and grace and love. And she is doing so much with her world. And so go listen to that. But she joins me for the Happy Half Hour, which is this Friday, the 2nd of September. And so we're at the end of August, guys. We made it. September, here we come. All right, guys, have a great week. Have a happy hour with your girlfriends. And I will see you next Wednesday.